So I'm finding it a little hard to believe that this is the fifth Sunday of Lent. Next week is Palm Sunday. In so many ways, I'm grateful. Spring is in the air. We've got our clocks moved forward. The snow has finally melted. And I can't help but reflect on the uncertainty that was in our world just one year ago. Hopefully we've survived the worst of the pandemic. People are getting vaccinated. And we've endured the darkness of January and February. Thankfully, winter is behind us. When Lent began and those ashes were put on my forehead four weeks ago, I had some really good intentions. Repent and believe in the gospel. You are dust, and to dust you shall return. Those words, those powerful reminders continue to ring in my ear. At the start of Lent, I had some big plans. I was going to fast from so many things, pray for so many people, give more to those who are in need. But not everything unfolded exactly as I had hoped. That's how life usually works. There's ups and downs, bumps along the road on the journey. And as the saying goes, even the best laid plans of mice and men can often go awry. As I stand here with you this morning, I think even my approach to preaching during this Lenten season has been fairly cautious. I've remained behind this beautiful ambo, which I can hold on to. It gives me stability as I grip it. I have my script. My words are well prepared. And I've preached uh, quite a bit on the imagery of Jesus during this Lenten season. Jesus in the desert, Jesus in the temple, Jesus as the light of the world. But I haven't preached Jesus on the cross. I don't know about you, but I'd rather stay right here where it's safe and not move closer to the cross. But as Lent moves towards a conclusion, that is where Jesus is leading us, towards the suffering and the transformation of the cross. The way of the cross is a difficult journey to die to our old selves, to our bad habits, to let go of the darkness and the doubt and to step beyond our comfort zone. It's always difficult to leave behind what we know so well. There's a tension in taking that first big step to create a clean slate, or as the psalm said today, to create a clean heart. But that is what our Lenten journey continues to call us towards. Our readings today begin to draw us closer to the cross. Jesus announces to us, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. We continue during the season of Lent 
in the hope of addressing whatever it is that's blocking our path towards the peace and mercy of the resurrected Christ. To do that, we must embrace the way of the cross, Jesus' ultimate sacrifice of self-giving love to others. As much as I would like to avoid that symbol of brutality and pain, to follow Jesus means to embrace his cross because it demonstrates for us obedience and the loving self-sacrifice for others. We're all called during Lent to die to our self-centeredness and to live a life of love and service for one another. That's why Jesus gives us another seed image in his parable. Unless the grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains just a grain of wheat. But if it dies, it produces much fruit. Only through our own willingness to relinquish one form of life can we produce hope for another. That's true of a grain of wheat, and it's true of our own human well-being. In our first reading today, the prophet Jeremiah speaks of a new covenant through the generosity of God. I will be your God and you will be my people. It is a covenant that is far more intimate than the one written on stone. It is a covenant placed within us and is written on our hearts. It is a covenant of hope and forgiveness and transformation. We live in the time of that new covenant which was born out of the passion, death, and resurrection of Jesus on the cross. That is what Jesus reminds us of in the gospel this morning when he says, this voice did not come down from heaven for my sake, but for ours, for all of us. His message and invitation is clear. I will draw everything to myself. The wonderful example we're given of being drawn to Jesus are these mysterious Greeks, those who approach Philip and seek an audience with Jesus. We really don't know anything about them, what was their motivation, what was in their mind, or what was in their hearts, but they step forward and they make a beautiful request. Sir, we would like to see Jesus. During this final week of Lent, we would do well to ponder that same question, to consider that deep desire that all of us have, to simply and profoundly see Jesus, to recognize him in our daily lives. We should take that into our own prayer. Sir, I'd like to see Jesus. Where in the world is Christ present to us each and every day? Where's Christ present to us during this next week? Maybe it's the person sitting right next to you or the person sitting across from you at the dinner table this evening. 
Maybe it's a coworker or a neighbor or a friend. Maybe it's a person who's suffering in silence. Sir, I would like to see Jesus. We might also ask ourselves one other question. Have others seen Jesus in us during this Lenten season? Today we're offered two great examples, Philip and Andrew. They're both excellent ambassadors and disciples of Christ. The Greeks approach them so that they can see Jesus. Can we be that? Are we that? Are we those intermediaries like Philip and Andrew, leading others and helping others see Jesus through our acts of kindness and mercy? Jesus gave his life for others through his sacrifice on the cross. And we are being called to at least embrace the shape of the cross, arms wide open, stretched wide, with a willingness to embrace all those in need. That's why Jesus reminds us, whoever serves me must follow me and where I am. There also will my servant be. The Father will honor whoever serves me. So even if each and every one of our Lenten plans haven't materialized exactly as we had hoped, it's never too late to make the simple request to pray that simple prayer, just like the Greeks in our gospel. Sir, we'd like to see Jesus. Jesus, I desire to serve you.